0: I'm Gary, and I'm a compulsive reader. Hi, um, Let's start off by telling you something that I told a friend earlier in the week, and my friend... Oh, I'm so excited my sponsor is here. How exciting for me. Um, I told a friend this earlier in the week, and uh, my, my friend said, that's a place to start. I was thinking about this a week ago, and I thought, oh my God, I need to lose 10 pounds before I speak. And I started spending the week going through in my head, um, how do I? Okay, my program isn't what I what I perhaps was when I started. So I just, you know, I'm I'm nervous. I was spent a lot of time fiddling around in my head about what to wear, and ended up wearing what was convenient and comfortable. And I'm cold. Um, I'm 62 years old. I was born and raised in Los Angeles. I come from a pretty ordinary middle-class Jewish family. I joke that I'm the second generation out of the shtaple. Um which is really true, I am. Um, and aside from being underweight as a baby, I was premature, I have had a weight problem my entire life. Um, I also want to preface by saying I'm, a, I'm at least trained and licensed as a therapist. So I have got more psychobabble about my weight and my eating disorder that anyone wants to hear, including me. So if you're interested in hearing any of it some other time, please. I I love to listen to myself talk. Um, My mother tells me that they put me on skim milk because I was gaining weight too fast. Um, I've never been athletic. Um, I've always been smart, bright. Uh, I was reading at four years old. Before school, I, I was reading, and I was reading at college level in eighth grade, and I was a geek. I was never the kind of kid that, that got along with other kids. I, I got along with adults. I was interested in science, um, and I was bullied all through school. Um, one of the rages of my 20-year uh, of, of, of reunion was a particular guy who'd been one of the ringleaders at 20 years after high school, remembered himself as being a friend of mine. And I remembered him as somebody I wanted to take an aluminum baseball bat to. Um, without any thinking about it, I found very rapidly that food did for me what i could not do for myself and i didn't mean to use that expression but that seemed to be the the truth my dad was overweight when i was growing up my dad i'm not going to judge him i'm not going to um, to uh, diagnose him i'm going to simply say my dad used to fly into wages let's let's just leave it there i don't want to you know figure out what he was or what he is Uh, i grew to love him very much before he died Um, Fast forward, uh, there was about five minutes in junior high school where I was involved in student government and actually felt like a human being. And then high school came. And um, I would have fitted in, I'm not even sure what they would have called me. I would have fitted in somewhere with the punk goth crowd. (laughs) Black was my favorite color. Sullen was my favorite public mood. (laughs) Um, I don't remember when I got a pair of really, 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 really dark like this side of opaque dark glasses but I wore dark glasses all the time and I was interested in what I was interested in I wasn't bad in school, I wasn't good in school, I wasn't interested Um, what I was interested in was frankly you know, girls, rock and roll music and food and then drugs um I lost weight the first time at uh, 16. Lost 30 pounds in three months. I was 100. Noticed I was 170 pounds. Went Ah-ah! and lost weight. Knew exactly what to eat and what not to eat. Um, discovered amphetamine. Well, actually, it was Benzedrine in those days. Benzedrine um, at 16. And when you're a little short, fat Jewish boy from West LA, Benzedrine is perfect. You become James Bond in about five minutes. <laughs> Uh, quite wonderful, and it just did wonderful things for my my sweet, quiet, nasty personality. Um, I gained all that weight back. I um, was on um, one of my favorites was a cocktail of dexedrine in milltown called called dexamil. You take that in the morning, and the dexedrine pops in, and then at the evening, as you're coming down, the milltown, which is a sleeper or a tranquilizer, smooths you out. I loved it. Um, I was 19. I was also, remember, at 19 thinking about wanting to stand in a window and kill that couple and that couple and that, you know, these were people of, the same, of different genders standing near each other. Um, I gained all that weight back when I was 20. I moved out. I was a 200-pound hippie, and I drove for Chicken Delight for a living. Um, if you want to get the visual, I would suggest you Google Fat Fat Freddy. Uh, The Fabulous Furry Freak Brothers, Google Fat Freddy. Um, I met a girl. She told me if I didn't lose weight, she wouldn't have sex with me. We know what motivations are. (laughs) I lost, I did, I lost 60 pounds in six months on Dr. Stillman's diet and moved back in, cut my hair, not short, but cut my hair from Jufro to something I could brush back and wear in the real world and big bushy beard to something akin to this. I went to work for my dad. Um, I gained all that weight back in about 18 months. My dad fired me. You get fired by your father, it tells you something. Um, And in 1972, weighing 225 pounds that I know, I came to OA for the first time. Uh, a A friend of the mother of a guy who'd been my friend heard about it. And I lost um, all my weight in about nine months on uh, this uh, no-carbohydrate, no-complex-carbohydrate diet that was in those days called gray sheet because at one point it had been on um, gray paper. And uh, if that's for me, tell them I'll call them back when we're done. Um, Yeah, I'm making jokes because I'm nervous. Um, And I met a this is this is going to sound re- repetitive. I met a woman I would have called her a girl those days, but it was she was not a girl and I left the program um I was also prior to coming into the program uh an ounce a week i love it an ounce a week pot smoker um, and i i um And I went out. I nearly lost my job. In the interim of going out from the program, I also moved out of my parents' home. I got my own apartment. I got um, a job in the civilian world based on work I'd done for my dad. And um, at the low point before I came back to the program in 74, I would basically um, stick my head. I I would come to in the morning. I would stick my head um, under the faucet. I would dry shave. I would throw on whatever clothes were sitting at the foot of the bed, and I would go to work. And 1974, I came back to OA and got back onto abstinence. And that whole period is a very strange period. There was a lot of conflict going on between food plans. I got in the middle of it. Um, I was one of a crowd of people in the middle of it. I look back on it and see that I and my friends made every effort to turn OA on the west side into high school, um, into our high school time with us as the cool kids. Um, I was sexually promiscuous, um, and I met another woman and gradually drifted out of the program. At the high point of that, I had lost, uh, I don't know, 90 pounds, 85, 90 pounds, I was um, on the LA Intergroup Board, I was a circuit speaker, I was, you know, as the expression goes, too cool for school. Um, I drifted in and out of OA um, after that. I would come to meetings. Um, I have no idea how long I was really abstinent, maybe seven, eight years. Hard to tell. It was one of those death of a thousand cuts. Was never one... Oh, okay. It was one of those things of a, That's another thing that happens with me when I get nervous as I start talking really softly. Um, you know, it was one of those things of a death of a thousand cuts. It was never one specific thing. It wasn't, Screw
1: this! You know, let's go eat
0: hometown buffet. It was a little here and a little there and a little increase of weight here and a one-size-up of pants there and, a, and gradually I was 200 pounds again. Um... I'm going to try to cut through some of this. In my um, early, um, the woman I left OA related to, um, and I divorced. Um, she had a few other issues besides her overeating, including uh, a beverage of choice and some questions about her sexual orientation and uh, a lot of things. And I. These were the kind of people I attracted. I could, I could zoom in. I would, I would come into a room and I would fall in love and I would find the first, the, you know, I would, I would zoom in and it would be the, the um, sexually confused bulimorexic, you know, who was chipping heroin on the weekends. I'm serious. Never got heroin. Never got really near that. Um, in my, mid, my early 30s, I um, lost weight again. Um, I was an exercise bulimic. I was coming and going to meetings. I was down 60 pounds. I was running three miles a day. I was doing six hours a week of martial arts. I was working out, I don't know, I don't know what it was, half an hour, an hour, 45 minutes every morning before I ran. Um, I was smoking an eighth of an ounce of pot a week. I was hip, slit, cool, therapist, Chasing and running and in and out of program. By the mid-early 90s, um, I was back up on my weight. I was 260-ish pounds. um, Got reinvolved with the woman I am still married to today. didn't want to come to my way didn't want to know you people you people didn't have the answers you didn't know anything you were stupid you had lots of stupid slogans yada 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 and i lost again i got down to 177 pounds and then started back up was on fen fen um 1997 before uh, my wife and i got married and the bottom fell out in 1999 um i um I got one of those promotions, some of you have had those, it's a promotion, I call it an Apocalypse Now promotion. I wanted a promotion and for my sins they gave me one and I will (laughs) never ever want another promotion again, I'm serious, it was a disaster. The same year um, my mother-in-law's cat died, my wife's cat was diagnosed with uh, a brain tumor My dad had started having transient ischemic attacks. My mother-in-law was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And my dad died in the end of 99, and I went down the tubes. My weight going up and up and up and up and up. Next year, I was diagnosed with kidney cancer. By the way, gentlemen, any male that doesn't qualify for that, kidney cancer. It is the silent killer of obese men. Serious. It has to do with um, fat metabolism. If you're interested, I know more about it than I ever wanted to know. And the only first symptom is when the tumor ruptures your kidney. And you start urinating <sighs> blood. I was fortunate. There's a whole metaphysical story that just goes with the cats telling me to get something looked into. I'm serious. Well, if you're interested, I'll tell you about it. It blows my mind. I had my kidney removed. Um, and when I was declared um, in remission, I then went even farther down the tubes. Some point back there, John, when was it when I was annoying you as sponsor? For, it was about five years ago, eight years ago. I don't remember. I came back to OA. I hated OA. I didn't want to go to meetings. And I... Um, I um, I remember the high point of my time in OA then was nearly getting to a fist fight with somebody over how the chairs were set up at a meeting, and I went out. (laughs) Um, Somebody once said the only thing worse than than being full of booze or full of food is to have a head full of the 12-step programs and a body full of fill in your favorite, and I did. Um, On the first week in July of... um, 2000 and oh I had I had um uh what pneumonia 2008 um I was 324 pounds I didn't know that all I knew was I was wearing a 54 tight 54 jeans I had a 60 belt uh 2x everything 3x everything and first week in July in um 2009, I started feeling sick. I happened to have sleep apnea. I also lost, um, had to have my gallbladder removed because of my fat eating, this extra thing here. I've got sleep apnea. And I was feeling cruddy. I, I, I mean, different cruddy than my normal cruddy. And I went to the doctor. My doctor couldn't find anything. I took a day off of work. I was getting up on a Thursday of that week and literally... I was out of breath with my heart racing, walking from the tub to the sink. You get clear how short that distance is. I ended up in the hospital with what's called atrial fibrillation. It means your heart is beating irregularly. Um, if you, um, you, it continues, it stresses the heart. Your heart gets enlarged. It can cause heart attacks, stroke, all sorts of entertaining things. And I was in the hospital for three days. My wife, who is, among other things, a minister, a spiritual healer, um, hot-footed it down from a conference she was running. Uh, Couldn't leave the conference because she was one of the coordinators, but hot-footed it down. Spent three days with me in prayer and meditations. Um, The whole thing was surreal. There was all sorts of metaphysical stuff going on. At uh, one point, we made a decision about treatment. Um, I was helped by uh, a um, nurse's aide named Raphael, who's the angel of healing. Literally, Raphael's the angel of healing. Uh, when we made, after we made the decision, the next morning, the nurse who showed up, a woman from Eritrea, when you translate her name out of Eritrea, or I guess it's Amharic, her name was Patience. Good luck. Honest. Um I came back. I was, I had no place to go. Um, I was given the willingness that I hadn't had. I was given, I had a a brief slip, and then I was abstinent. I've been abstinent for um, three years and two months. Uh, I've been. Calling the same man almost every morning for the last three years, calling him my food, talking about what um, what i my day was like the day before um, I was part of a group, and again, this is an outsider issue, so I'm going to skirt it if you're interested, talk to me afterwards. We did uh three of us four of us
1: four of us three of us
0: did um, a particular non-12-step program-sanctioned way of of going through the 12 steps, and we did a book study. And it was the most profound experience I've ever had. And I remember to this day that when we were talking about the second step, my answer was the only answer I have for why I'm not dead. Three times over. Cancer. Cancer. Pneumonia that should have killed me. I had a collapsed lung. Atrial fibrillation. Turned out that my sleep machine was leaking. The fact that I didn't have a heart attack or a stroke is a major miracle. Um, the only answer I've got is a non answer it's God. Um, the last three years have not been the easiest. I've wrecked the car. Wasn't paying attention. out. Well, that hurt. Why would you do that? I don't know. They sometimes do things I don't want. I wrecked a car. Um, last uh, November, my wife uh, lost one of her major contracts. Thank you, uh, everybody who looted the, the um, uh, investment community and killed a bunch of nonprofits. My wife is a consultant in nonprofits. She was sent to Africa the bush for three weeks i went into anxiety i had the worst anxiety from november until february last year um or last year this year uh part of it was problems with my sleep machine um i've had medical problems i've got a thing that comes and goes that's anxiety where it feels like somebody's put glass in my stomach and it's rolling my stomach but i've written another inventory I've given it away to my sponsor. I've gone through the um, uh, looking at my character defects. Um, I've made amends. I've still got some amends to make. Somebody has not gotten back to me on a letter I wrote, and I instructions were not to bother them about it. But there's a group I need to make amends to, and before I can make amends to the group, I need to get, get closed on amends to one of the ministers involved. Um, and I'm on steps 10, 11, and 12 uh, as a regular thing. I call my sponsors most mornings, let's be honest, most mornings, and go through a thing called AEIOU about, you know, food, exercise, which I struggle with, uh, what I've done for myself, what I've done for others, resentments, um, trying to remind myself to look at um, what uh, – what's positive in my world, what I have to be grateful for. Um, I speak, I sponsor, I've been involved in in intergroup, I was involved in, uh, um, what the hell was that? Some convention. I can't keep them straight anymore. I'm serious. It's like I can't keep them straight. And, you know, there are a lot of things going on. I've down the last I weighed. I was 203 pounds. I was um, 198 for about five minutes, and I picked up about eight pounds. And um, I'm coming back down, and then want to go down further. I'm not at goal weight. I'm struggling with getting back to exercising. Um, Struggling with staying, you know, an honest person and, and doing my work properly. There's. Uh, secret underground of
1: uh,
0: of so okay sorry I, it happens you know the, the volume control um a small secret underground of us at uh, my work who stay in touch and um my wife and I are inching closer and closer together my wife and I were essentially were separated had been separated and uh up you know there was a time when we couldn't discuss whether the sun was out without a fight um, not perfect, but, you know, I am not 324 pounds anymore. I am not binging my brains out. Um, I was picking up something at a fast food for breakfast one morning, and they were telling me, oh, well, two of them is $2 as opposed to whatever the one is. And I thought through my head, I thought, yeah, I've got a 20 in my wallet. And I said, no, thanks. Just, you know, give me the one. Thank you very much. So, you know, it isn't what it could be, but it's certainly an improvement. And I'm not sure I have another recovery left. So thank you very much. Uh, Now is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Please remember, remember that if uh, you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Okay, so questions. Yeah. Uh, if you are capable of a short answer about this, if you're not
1: just to say you're not, but if you're capable of a short answer about this, uh, from the perspective of your profession, plus like having you know, used this kind of psychotherapy,
0: uh, how do you think that the post step program in psychotherapy does fail or not? I'm going to quote um, someone that I've always. I'm sorry. The question, was, yeah, I'm sorry. The question was was how do I reconcile or see the connection between psychotherapy and the program? And I'm going to quote. Uh, if anybody remembers Baba Ramdas, Richard Alpert, Tim Leary's old psychiatrist, was asked a similar question. Um, psychotherapy is as good as it far as it goes. It's great for what I would call the body and fender work. As a therapist, I can teach people, or people can learn lots of things. But I have a spiritual malady, and psychotherapy is not a spiritual process per se there are spiritual there are psychotherapies that deal with this with matters of spirit but I need to have a spiritual solution they are connected but not overlapping um so I think that's the best and it's a much longer quest much longer um answer than that I'd love to discuss it with you
1: Nick uh, thank you, uh... Uh, along that same line, can you talk or, or expound a little more on your spiritual awakening and, um, let's say, first, your spiritual awakening? Uh, maybe, you know, the first time that it might have happened and then what happened? What Was, was there something different this time that, that came in three years?
0: Okay. Um, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm as people have said, Jewish by food. Okay? Okay. Um, And I never, I always, um, I've had, I don't know what to call them, odd experiences of various kinds that I would call, if you you know, woo-woo kind of experiences. I believe in them, but I don't understand them. Um, For me, religion and all that stuff was up, down, up, down, kneel, kneel, genuflect, stand, stand, sit, you know, shake around, I mean, it meant nothing. There was no connection. Um, When I was in OA, um, whatever it was, 30 plus years ago, um, I started reading Zen Buddhism, and I had some experiences where I experienced, for lack of a better word, transcendence. I could experience my lack of separateness. Uh, I remember one in particular where I suddenly realized nobody was an asshole. <laughs> well, that was my, my characterization. Everybody was an asshole. There was, there was, nobody was. Everybody was just doing their thing. And the answer to the question of what to do next was the next indicated thing. That didn't last. Um, I, unfortunately, am way too bright for my own good. I have studied religion, spirituality, meditation, and it became babble. I know how to meditate. I know how to be quiet. Um, I've experienced it. But using meditation the way I used to use marijuana, you know, to zone, isn't what that's all about. So by the time I got... um, Up to 324 pounds, I was worshiping at a different altar. And I was given the gift of desperation. There were also a whole... As I said, my wife is a minister. She's a spiritual healer. We were part of a spiritual community. And when she came to the hospital and we started praying and meditating... The spiritual atmosphere shifted. Um, the doctor was treating me as is, um, is a guy. He's a Druze, which is a particular sect of Islam that's very interesting. His name translated out of Arabic is father of the good deed. I started noticing these things and simply attributed them rather than the randomness to something else. And it was all in here. Um, the only answer I have for why I'm not dead or 450 pounds. I have a guy I've sponsored on and off whose top weight was 550 um, and um, had to do hyperbaric chamber because he was going to lose one or both legs due to diabetes. Thank you. Why I am not there. The only answer I have for what gave me the, is called God. And that that's the best I can do. I don't understand it. I, I have some understanding in my heart, but I don't understand it. Um, the back there in the blue top. You. Yes.
1: Hi. Um. What are the
0: tools that I use, and how do I process when I'm going through a very hard time in my life?
1: Um,
0: one of the first things I do is I call someone. I generally try to call my sponsor. For his benefit, my wonderful, my wonderful loving, caring sponsor.
1: <laughs>
0: he is. <laughs> He's hiding, too. Um, You know, that's the first one. I I call someone. I try to call my sponsor. I have a crowd of people, a small group of people, some who are not in the program, who are very spiritual. I talk to them. I talk to people a lot. I pray. I meditate for an answer. I try, and it's not my strong suit, to work with another overeater. Um, I was sponsoring somebody who I did not like at all. And I got told he was the most important person I sponsored because I had absolutely no um, you know no investment um in my um and I can show you i've got a photograph of it on my phone in my office at my desk I've got a little altar space with pieces of things, a god box um um that quote from the book, when we are, I can't remember exactly, but we stop, we pause, we look for that, that one. Um, when I make a mistake, I admit it. I try to make amends. I ask what I can do to make amends. Um, those are the tools and they're right out of the 12 steps in the book. The one that I don't do much of, I, don't, I never have been much of a writer. That's the biggest struggle I have. I, I can talk of a blue streak, but ultimately, it's—I talk, I pray, I meditate, I amend. Someone else. Okay, go ahead, Julie. Let, sock it to me. Let me let me see what what rude question you're going to ask.
1: Here.
0: Uh How do I use the steps? That is so politely done. We've been joking about this uh, most of the morning. Um, How do I use the uh, program and the steps when dealing with interpersonal relationships? Okay, first part is the funny part. Anybody know where in the AA book is the information about sex? Page 68 and
1: 69.
0: Now, now, there's got to be a guide. No one would do that deliberately. That is entirely too cheesy. But it says roughly that we have to look at interpersonal—sort of the polite way of saying it—interpersonal relationships through the same lens we do everything else. Am I being honest? You know, am I am I causing harm to other people? You know, are my motives pure? And it's it's a pain in the butt. You know, I step all over people. Even now, I, you know, I have to remind myself to do things like ask people how they are when I call rather than calling up and launching into my thing. Um, you know, making amends. I have some, somebody was annoyed with me at work about something I did and I had to basically go... You know, I'm sorry, I didn't intend to. You know what can I do? but i don't think I don't think it's any different than anything else. I have to be honest, I have to look at my motives, you know, and um I have to communicate and pray and meditate. um i my wife and I have a wonderful prayer: right relationship. We are praying for right relationship. I have no idea what she and I will be to each other. We have not lived together in eight years. I see her at least once a week. I talk to her virtually every day. This is somebody where we couldn't have a conversation. And the only answer I have is God giving me the willingness to be honest. So, Yeah? Hi, thank you for
1: your share. Um, You had a reference earlier about a promotion...
0: Just briefly, it's it's a long story. I got I got promoted to lead a department at work, and everything fell apart. Um, It wasn't because of me. There was there was some conflict in the department. Two people got promoted. Um, Somebody got annoyed that um, they were expected to be at work on time. And quit. Somebody else quit in solidarity. And so we were trying to run a department that had been ten people. With the funny part of it was the person who got one of the people who got promoted. I was actually looking at to see if I could replace. Um, and it just became untenable. It just became an undoable job. I was working. I was working 12 hours a day, you know, six days a week. And I had my dad dying, my mother in law you know, coming apart and it just was incredible. And I, I talked I talked to and this was before I wasn't I wasn't in program at the time. So I ate my way through it. And I finally just decided that I was that either they'd let me step down to my old job or I'd quit. It was not fun. I don't know what I would have done differently, but I know I I would like to think if I had had a program, I wouldn't have at least gained you know 50, 60 pounds. Not a fun time. Someone else? I guess I've answered everybody's questions about everything.
1: Um, you mentioned that you struggle with exercise. Why do you pose that is? Do you have an action
0: plan around that? Um. I don't know why it is. Okay, I'm sorry, the question is I struggle with, I said I struggle with exercise, do I know why, do I have an action plan? Um, Not really, Um, the struggle is a lack of willingness. I don't like to exercise. Um, I have a list of excuses. I think my, my sponsor has heard most of them. What I tell myself is I'm spending so much time, you know, coming and going and traveling, and I, I travel, you know, a long distance each way for work. I don't know. I don't know. Right now I'm praying for the willingness. That's the best I can do. What time do we go to? I don't remember. Okay, got time for some more. Yeah.
1: Um, it sounded like you were saying you're hitting either a plateau or getting a little or staying around the same. What are you doing to uh, move yourself beyond?
0: I have added, with my sponsor's help, I've added an additional food sponsor. I've never really had a separate food sponsor uh, who is extremely aggressive about um, food. Um, One of the things I've had to recognize is that most of the things on my list, I've got my food broken up into green, red, and yellow, and the green are easy. Most of them are green, you know. And the red foods, you know, somebody once said "There's so many of them start with C, you know. But in the middle is all these foods that go from, you know, chartreuse
1: to bright
0: orange. And I struggle with them because I like, I have always been a proteins and fats binger before carbohydrates, And it's very easy to convince myself. I call in my food every day. I discuss what I'm eating and the choices with both my sponsors. I weigh myself. Um, I've gone back to weighing weekly. And I'm praying for the willingness to eat less or exercise more, neither of which I want to do. That's the truth. Neither of which I want to do. And I've been here before. I've been at plateaus before, and I've come off of them before. I'm
1: sorry.
0: One more short one. One more short one. Got a short one? Yeah.
1: What do you do for Thanksgiving?
0: <laughs> Not much. Um, I don't know. My wife. Um, my wife goes someplace. Oh, wait, question. What do I do with Thanksgiving for Thanksgiving? Um, I, my answer is not much. My, um, my, I've never liked that that, um, that weekend. Um, there was a time in my life when I would actually go out of town with a friend to get away from my family. Since my dad died, my mother and sister don't do much. There's, they're invited someplace. My wife goes to a group of people who are quite lovely and wonderful, but they, spend, they start at 4.30 uh, talking about how grateful they are and noshing. Anybody who doesn't know what nashing means, I'll explain it later. Um, and then about 9.30 at night, they eat. Yeah, and we're talking a turkey that is wrapped in bacon. And Yeah, exactly, exactly. So each year, I do something different. Um, I've got a conversation with a friend this year about us going out. Um, I'll probably go to um, Thanksgiving in the park. I usually end up my wife and I usually end up, especially lately as we've gotten closer, having um, leftover luau on um, on the Friday. And the fact is there's, you know, aside from the red food things, the desserts and all that, um, turkey, a yam or a sweet potato, some vegetables, a salad. No. It's a meal. It's food. It's food. Uh, it, I have to remind myself that holidays are not, they may be an excuse to binge for, a reason to binge for people who don't have my disease, who can, you know, belch loudly, fall asleep in front of the television set, and go back to their daily life the next day. That's not me. Thank you very much.